0: from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey
1: everybody, and welcome to the most fun engineering you're going to have for the next 55 minutes or so. It's me, Lady Ada, with me is Mr. Lady Ada, and we're going to be covering everything that's been happening in the world of engineering, electronics, makers, and more, even New York City news and history. It's all here on Ask an Engineer, and of course at the end, we ask you questions about engineering. But uh, we're going to kick it off because we've got a jam-packed show, as I can tell.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on tonight. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, first, before we talk about all things that are on the show, um, we live in this world. And Ask an Engineer for us is a show that we do every single week. So sometimes we look back. I wonder what we were doing in 2005. I can look and see that once. You
1: now, exactly.
0: So um, over the last few months, it's been uh, a viral pandemic. It's been a social injustice pandemic. There's In New York, there's uh, gun violence. That's an epidemic, a pandemic happening. So um, tonight, I thought I'd start off with um, just an update on what we do as a company and what we do together. So um, starting back when the protests basically erupted across the country, our team got together um, and said, what are the things that are important to us? So um, we had... Come together and said, "Here's the organizations and efforts that we want to contribute to, that we want to get the word out on, that we can use our platform." So we're just an electronics company, but we have a voice and we have, um, you know, activity that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to protests. Um, we try to do the best we can as a company, socially responsible company. Um, you know, when we uh, look at us, go to our about page. Um, we try to figure out things that make the world a better place. We do it through technology, but now, you know, the the weight is even heavier. What can we do every single day um, to get the word out? So right now, the second, for the folks that are um, basketball fans, the NBA is pausing games, boycotting games tonight. So that's in the news right now, the second. Good. And this is, you know, yet another chapter in people trying to find solutions and change and uh, we're all frustrated. So we went over to, um, which was gonna be another vigil and another protest. So the violence for um, Elijah was going on at Washington Square Park. We were there. That hap- um, he was killed a year ago in Aurora, Colorado. And it also happened to be the first round of protests and march and peaceful gatherings and more in New York for um, Jacob Blake. And that's going on right now. So, um, you know, we're 160 days in um there is still no progress on arresting the officers and charging them for the murder Briona Taylor. Um that's still going on. So this is why a lot of people are getting frustrated. This is why all of us... It just
1: keeps happening.
0: Yeah. And enough
1: it's, it's not like a coincidence and, anymore. And
0: we're our, you know, we're a little electronic company. We have our our platform here. Um, we always told our team that we will all get together and make our voices heard. So check out datafruit.com slash black lives matter. That's what our team put together. Um, but one of the things I want to talk about too is uh, we were the first company after North Face. To join the Stop Hate for Profit campaign that the NAACP and the um, ADL and a bunch of other companies put together and Mm -hmm. end up being over a thousand companies pause their ads on Facebook, Instagram and all that. And one of the reasons we did that is we've been complaining to Facebook for years that the site is used to actively coordinate murdering black people. This is something that we said to them. This is something that we said we don't like. Being on this platform, we have to. We're a business, and like mm-hmm. there's all sorts of things, but we don't have to advertise. So he said we're not advertising. Um, it's the only platform that, when we post our content, especially when it has pictures of us as a company, um, white supremacy just floods it. We're constantly banning uh, every day people comments and more. And um, the the shooter who murdered people uh, was weaponized, uh, radicalized on. Facebook. There was a Facebook group. And that's yeah. gonna be in the news now. He murdered people last night. Um so, you know, I, I think this is one of those times I think people are gonna look back ten years from now, fifteen years from now, like what did you do during that time? Did you do something? So this is what we're doing. We're trying to get the word out. Please check out Adafruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. Um if you see content on Facebook, report it. If you um can go to a, a, a march or a protest, please do. Um this is the time everyone's tired of this everyone's tired of the police brutality everyone's tired of there being two separate systems um if everyone decided enough's enough we could actually solve this so also um i want to do a little bit of a reminder you'll see this on our site adafruit.com vote we have a section on our site with voting resources doesn't matter who you vote for um for these resources we made that clear we want people to help So um, National Poll Workers Recruitment Day is happening. Um, It'll be here September 1st. Um, I think everyone agrees we're going to need that. We also poll
1: workers are older people and people who are, you know, because they're retired and they become poll workers. And those are exactly the kind of people that we have to keep safe right now because we also have a global pandemic happening at the same time. So,
0: you know, we made the resources just look to get registered. Good civic thing to do. We as a company, um, it's a paid day off for voting. We've been doing this not just this year, many years. And the reason for that is sometimes people need time to vote. Sometimes they want to volunteer efforts. I think we all agree having more people voting would be good. So these are all the things that you can do. Um, If you want to see change, act locally. There's a lot of elections coming up. Make your voices heard. There's about 69 days-ish before November 3rd. So thus concludes the Adafruit Public Service message of the week. And if, um, had, if you're one
1: of the people who says, I don't know if I can trust the voting system, blah, blah, that's exactly why you should become a poll worker. So you yeah. personally can witness and check on the poll sites and make sure that they're operating correctly. That, that's, the, that's the point of being a poll worker.
0: Yeah. So adafruit.com slash vote. Uh, if there's resources we missed, let us know. Um, We tried to put the best ones in. There's also uh, open data sources if you want to use. There's electioncal.us that Scott worked on. There's a lot of things that you can do. Um, Take it from me, someone who has to help manage 100 plus people in New York City during the global pandemic and we have a big community. um, You can get really frustrated and sad and depressed and angry when you don't do anything. Action is a good thing to do. Um, And there's a lot of things you can do if it's helping people get ready to vote. If it's helping uh in a protest march uh, when the protests happened in new york one of the things that we wanted to do specifically is we wanted to make sure everyone got mass so we donated mass um so there's a lot of things that you can do um so that's our service now that's for tonight more ahead because we live in this world just like not gonna stop all of you all right on tonight's show worshiping open safe. smart and safe we'll be talking about that our team thanks you
1: pre-covid photos
0: pre-covid photos We've been talking about the show and tell, people around the world showing and sharing their projects. JP's workshop, that's a make good minute. A little bit of CircuitPython news and Python hardware news. Time travel, look around world of Adafruit and some factory footage. 3D printing, DigiKey and Adafruit will do another Ion MPI. New products, we'll answer your questions. We do that over on distort, adafruit.com. Sorry, adafruit.it slash discord. That's a short URL. Or discord.gg slash adafruit. Join all 24,000 of us in Discord and more. That's our show that we're going to do tonight, Lady Ada.
1: Oh, my goodness. that's It just took us that long just to tell everybody what we're going to do.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Okay, um, so first up, um, you know, we're still trying to... I feel like we, we're doing, like, triple duty. We're like, hey, everybody, there's, there's social injustice. Let's do something. Hey, everybody... There's there's voting resources we need to uh, do. Hey everybody, uh, there's a pandemic and please wear masks. We
1: can do it, so we're yeah. doing it. I mean, you and I, we we are, we are we'll never shy from a challenge.
0: Yeah. So um, please report our team continues to be uh, COVID free. We did surface testing. That was a new type of test. We
1: did nose testing.
0: We yeah, our team is getting um, monthly COVID tests. Some of us are getting ones as soon as possible. The turnaround time in new york right now is two to three business days if not sooner so i want to reassure everyone um that not only are we operating safe our team has been safe a lot of us got the antibody test none of us got sick before adafruit.com open safely we publicly just like we do with all things code and more we publicly post our protocols and updates and everything that we do um the building network and they want to know what are what are our protocols um and i think we're gonna i think we're gonna i'm like instantly here you go so it's really important to us. Um, one thing I'll say is today it was announced that um, they're changing, like, the possibly the suggestions for testing. Um, we're sticking with the New York uh, State and New York City guidelines, um, which is if someone has been exposed to someone with COVID, get a test. That's so right. we're sticking with that. Um, and and or torpedo.
1: once a month. I think that's a, that's yeah. a good guideline. New York is able to do the tests. We want to keep. It's work for us. Yep. Yeah.
0: So just you know, if you if you work at a company or if you know someone and they talk about like theoreticals, there is a company in New York City, Adafruit. Hundred plus people didn't get sick during all of it. Didn't get sick. We were open as an essential business. Um, we had staggered shifts. We have all of our protocols. It is possible to operate. It is possible to restart an economy if everyone did what Adafruit did. Then. We wouldn't be dealing with this. Didn't have to be this way. Is something that you'll hear. So uh, we're operating um, safely, smart. Thank you for all your orders. Our entire team, thanks here. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Okay. So show and tell people around the world showing sharing their projects.
1: That's right. Show and tell
0: an hour because we switched it to that because a lot of people have been working from home and they've yeah. been showing their projects. So. We had
1: like forty-five minutes, fifty minutes with people come by, including special guest Kevin W from Digikey who uh, was unable to come by the last couple weeks, but has returned with his gigantic clue. Not only does he have a clue, but he has a big clue. It's like this big. And um, he's making it out of like plywood and plastic, and he's 3D printing the buttons. And uh, he's, he made a display using LED matrices that he's coding up. And uh, he's having a good time making this gigantic clue. It's uh, one of a series of gigantic dev boards, uh, starting with JP's Arduino Grande, who uh, JP also showed off that board on Show and Tell as well. Uh, We also had a gigantic circuit playground, which had a full LED matrix for every LED. Um, There's also a a gigantic maybe feather coming up. So that's from Kevin. He'll be coming by with more updates on his gigantic clue. JP uh, showed off that Arduino Grande and also a uh, weather uh, matrix uh, display. So using our RGB LED matrix code. I've been putting you through the paces. We're getting a lot of people doing projects because we just added CircuitPython support for it. So we're just making sure like all of our PyPoro projects still work with an LED matrix to so show that off. That's coming soon. I also published a guide this week on a simple Bitcoin uh, display. You can, you know, show almost any information from the internet, but we thought it'd be cool to show the price of Bitcoin because it changes a lot. So it's a good IoT project. No Pedro showed off this week's 3D Hangouts project. It's a um, a torch, a, a 3D printed torch prop that uses silk and a 5 volt fan to create like a flame effect. We'll show the video in the 3D Hangouts section of the show. Uh, Jepler says yes, we can to CAN. He's working on CAN bus. CAN bus is kind of like the the fifth protocol after UART and I squared C and ITOS and SPI. There's CAN bus and. Uh, There's a lot of people who use CAN bus for robotics and automation and and communicating with their cars and uh, sensors and stuff. And uh, so we thought it would be really good to add CircuitPython support for CAN using both um, SPI to CAN converters like the popular MCP2515. And that's something that uh, Brian is going to be working on. And then Jepler is working on the low-level CAN support uh, for boards like the STM32F405 Feather, which has a hardware CAN. And also the SAM E54, which is kind of like a SAM D51, same pinout, but has uh, the CAN bus as well. So right now it's just a mess of wires, but it's like slowly getting there. He says he's got like messages starting to come back and forth, and so um, pr- progress is happening. We'll see you in the next couple of weeks. Uh, he also did a call out for people who are using CAN. Are you are you using CAN in your project? We'd like to know what you're doing because we want to make sure your, our API covers your use case. So uh, drop by the Discord at any time or during the CircuitPython meeting on Mondays and tell us, what are you doing with CAN? So make sure that you can do it with CAN on CircuitPython. Paint and Dragon came by with uh, a spooky new project. It's a moon phase clock um, that uses uh, taking time and date from the internet and then displays like a kind of nice like dithered image of a moon with the correct phase and then maybe like the time underneath it. It's a portrait display project. Um, Erin showed off uh, the guide that we'll be talking about later when showing off a video, a resin torch with electronics embedded in it. She learned a lot in the process of uh, embedding electronics in resin. You can learn all about what can go wrong uh, in resin projects. Um, People really like making these, but they're really difficult. So uh, take Erin's advice because she she learned a lot in this project. Uh, But she did get it working eventually with a circuit playground and make code. Dan Halbert showed off BLEIO HCI demo. We have now HCI layer for BLE support, which is really cool because a lot of chipsets that support Bluetooth um, have HCI as the underlying hardware protocol. And so uh, we now have CircuitPython support for HCI, which is is good. Uh, That means all of our boards that have an airlift can now use Bluetooth low energy as well as Wi-Fi. Brian is uh, working on mechanical keyboard board. Uh, making a SAMD51 in the same pinout as a Pro Micro uh, so it can fit into mechanical keyboard kits. It's based on the SAMD51. It's got semi-QT connectors on the end. Scott demoed the ESP32-S2 running with Wi-Fi, nice and uh, fast, and PS RAM, so it has two megabytes of RAM in it. So PS RAM support for the chips that have a PS RAM chip and uh, nice speedy Wi-Fi, and he showed off the Wi-Fi test. Um, getting JSON data from GitHub, parsing it, and displaying how many stars we have on the um, CircuitPython repo. Uh, Liz has a house of robots. Uh, She made a Raspberry Pi MIDI host to connect to her Metallophone uh, robot that uses MIDI so that she could have one MIDI device controlling another MIDI device through, I think, Wi-Fi. Using MIDI to Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi to MIDI. Uh, She also made uh, a DIY webcam using a Pi Zero. Very handy because it's hard to get webcams nowadays because everyone needs one for remote videos and school and stuff. Um, and then from the community, we had uh, Seth come by with an Ice 40 Featherwing and an MSP430 Feather. Both projects are being worked on right now. Uh, it's a feather world. We just live on it. Uh, check out the latest um, Hackspace magazine. Yeah. We'll also be chatting we'll, about that. We'll
0: talk about that soon.
1: Because it's a lot about feather. Uh, it's an open standard. Everyone is welcome to join in. Uh, and so right. Seth did that. And then Mark came by with a whole bunch of projects. Mark has a Tindy store. Check out the Discord for links. For a Bodger Badger PCB, a cute little badger, a uh, European badger with uh, blinking pink eyes. A very, very, very small 555 timer board. And a PCB ruler that has CircuitPython and an IMU chip so it can act as a, uh, uh, a level As well, because it it knows the tilt. And that was Show and Tell.
0: All right. Show and Tell is part of our live series of shows every week. You can expect Ask an Engineer at 7 p.m. and, sorry, Ask an Engineer at 8 p.m. And Show and Tell at 7 p.m. is what we just talked about. We do Desk of Lady Ada every single week around 8 o'clock, Lady 8 o'clock, where we do some engineering. And we also have some great search with DigiKey. And JP's workshop is coming up tomorrow at 4 p.m. And here's a little bit of a preview of what JP's going to show tomorrow. Okay, and then a uh, special announcement. Uh, next week, Tuesday, we're doing a new segment. JP's going to be doing this, like a mini show. It's called JP's Product Pick of the Week.
1: And this graphic he made with, yeah. with his kid, who's a teenager, yeah. he said that the red arrow and the shocked emoji were essential yeah. and, for all YouTube cover and, clips. And
0: let me tell you, uh, maybe I'll remember to send this to JP. So one of the things that we're doing is we acknowledge at this point that YouTube will never feature Adafruit's videos because it's a it's a woman-owned technology company that does electronics.
1: They say that that's what they want. They even said but that's not they, they even
0: said the algorithm will never feature you. They yeah, said, they
1: said you should be like PewDiePie.
0: They yeah. And and the and the interesting thing is they gave us the presentation, I still have it. Yeah. And Google YouTube doesn't like it when I post the slide because they don't like admitting that they said for everyone to be like PewDiePie. So, anyways, um, one of the suggestions though. And this was in our meeting with YouTube, uh, Google in the past. Was, oh, you know, if, if Lemoore had like a different thumbnail, uh, you know, ones in swimsuits really work well. Shit, you not. That is that is the type of things. And that's why when you see the thumbnails on videos, that's what they look like. And they say, you know, those are the type of thumbnails that people really like. So for JP's workshop, what we're going to do is we're going to play around with these thumbnails. We're going to make it like this. I see. Maybe
1: it'll work out.
0: Yeah. Ten, 10 easy hacks for making cakes you know like it'll it'll be like that yeah. so that's just gonna be the thumbnail so we're gonna like i i figure you know we we acknowledge that we have a very different type of channel um that's science and engineering and yeah uh that's not really what they're into um so we're gonna try this out so this is the first thumbnail we're deploying so this
1: is starting next tuesday right
0: yeah i think you need to do like this
1: like the emoji?
0: Yeah, I think he needs to do that. I too. heard it
1: used to be like reactions to stem aboards. Like maybe Yeah, oh
0: you know what we could do? Maybe JP could do a reaction video on our own video. Uh, React <laughs> reacting to his own. Yeah. His own thing. It
1: would just be like, oh my god, I sound so nasally.
0: Yeah. So uh, anyways. Um, okay. This is it, it's coming up. Um, soon. But tomorrow during JP's show, we're gonna do Make Code Minute. Um, and here is the latest one that you can see. Take it away, JP.
2: So for the MakeCode Minute today, I decided to build a door knock sensor. And this was actually a uh, suggestion given to me by Todd Kurt. He said, sometimes I think I hear the door uh, has been knocked on, but then I'm not quite sure if it was just some other sound or ghosts or who knows what. Uh, so what about a sensor that lets you know definitively was the door knocked on? So that's the idea with this. What I'm using is the accelerometer on board, and it is, I have it actually, since since the orientation is with Z up, I have it reading the Z accelerometer values, and then when you knock, there's enough of a vibration that it moves the device enough to cause the accelerometer to change beyond a threshold that I've set. Uh, So here's how this works. At start, I'm reading the uh, Z value, acceleration in milligravities. Uh, on the z-axis, and I'm logging that to the console. Uh, I'm also setting a variable called knockz to be the sort of starting point. So this is gonna usually be around negative 1024, roughly gravity pulling down on it fully on z. Uh, If I turn on the um, console here, this is a really good way to figure out which way is which and what values matter to you when you're using the accelerometer. Uh, So you can see here, When I knock, it goes down to, uh, in this case, negative 784, and then it's gonna return, after a couple seconds, back down to about negative 1040, it says, actually. Um, So knowing those things, once I tested those, I now set up this forever loop uh, so that it checks if the accelerometer value is greater than the original negative 1024-ish value, plus 28. That seemed like a reasonable threshold for me. It might change depending on what surface you're on, And you can figure it out really easily looking at that graph, especially if you don't have big delays in there like I do. Uh, But I didn't want to get double false hits, so I've created some delays in there. And what happens when I knock and the knock value moves it, we log that value so we can see it on the graph, we set the pixels to red, I play a little beeping tone, and then I pause for three and a half seconds, uh, and then I reset the uh, starting point. So when it drops back down, it will... Uh, allow us to have a, a clean threshold uh, for the next knock, um, but that is how you can create a knock sensor using the Circuit Playground Express inside of Make Code, and that is your Make Code minute.
0: Okay, and we got some Circuit Python news specifically, and don't forget at the end of the show, we have the Python on Hardware newsletter.
1: Okay, come and see soon. Um,
0: 9-9-2020 is CircuitPython Day. We have lots of events throughout the day. There'll be a show-and-tell with Katni and Jepler, and there's some other groups that are doing events during the day. Scott's going to do a deep dive. We're going to do a show-and-tell. we got a lot of stuff going on 9-9-2020. It is CircuitPython Day this year. All the events are virtual. Let us know if you're doing anything. Day at Adafruit.com we'll see you there
1: join in alright
0: let's do some time travel and time travel around the world makers, hackers, artists and engineers and more um, this week we had a bunch of mini videos so I thought I'd play those back to back they're um, little snippets of uh, stuff that we did during the week mm-hmm. so we have those uh, we we'll little look back on hardware that uh, might be a little bit of top secret sprinkled in there too Take it away past us. Hey what is this?
1: Hey, I'm playing with some hydraulic project. Here's a mini pump that's an air pump and a valve and it's wired wired up. It's connected with tubes to a balloon and I'm using a Cricut to drive the motor and when the motor's running, it inflates the balloon. So this happens for about 10 seconds and I've written all this code in CircuitPython. It's really easy to hack on. And then it holds the motor off and the valve off for five seconds and then it releases the valve so you can kind of hear the air escaping and the balloon is shrinking so this is i think an easy way to do pneumatics with robotics all running on five volts with circuit python or arduino hey
0: what is this
1: hey it's a sunday and i thought it would be a great day to work on a grayscale oled this is a 16 level grayscale oled with 128 by 128 pixels it's an SSD 1327, so I made a little breakout. Use uses the i squared c You can use a stem connector or SPI. Um, you got a little demo here showing these little snowflakes in different colors, so you can see some are darker than others. Some are light and some are not so light. Um, this does require a lot of RAM, so I needed a Feather M4 because it's you know 4 bits per pixel times 128 times 128. It's like 4K or 8K or something. Only one thing. You're wondering probably, does Lady Ada ever make mistakes with her PCB design. Yeah, I did. I put the display on the wrong side. It should be on the back, but I kind of forgot to flip the parts. So it's on the front. So I just sort of soldered it carefully and then uh, I'm just kind of hanging out here. So I'm going to do a Rev B. This is the only mistake I've made all year, but hey, you know.
0: All right, lady, this?
1: Hey, I'm testing out Brian's code for the BNO080. It's a 9-DOF sensor. It's got a 9-degree-of-freedom chip and a coprocessor. So it actually spits out the fusioned Quaternion data for you. It supports I2C, SPI. It's got level shifting, two T ports, getting really close to 50 T boards. And we've got CircuitPython code. So this code connects over I2C, so it's gonna work with any Linux computer like a Raspberry Pi or CircuitPython. And you get the quaternion data out, and you're like, well, I can't read this because I don't understand quaternions. Most people don't. That's why we're going to go to Melissa's great code, which she has running in a web browser, and you can connect to a serial device, and it will visualize this cute bunny rotating with the quaternions so you can tell that it's working, and it's working. So This is awesome. Go bunny! Hey, what is this? Hey, I found this cool Bad Apple demo for the ESP32 and I ported it over to the Sharp Memory Display. and It looks really cool. The Sharp Memory Display has uh, 400 by 240 pixels. So this is scaled up, that's why it's a little blocky, but the contrast is just gorgeous. I love these displays. They're so wow. beautiful. That's cool. Yeah. So this um, is storing the video file on the internal QSPY flash of the Itsy Bitsy M4. It's decompressing it and then blending it to the screen um, at about three megahertz. That's as fast as the screen will be written to. Dana, yeah. hey, what is this? This is me making slow but steady progress on my DPI hat. So if you remember last time we checked in, I had this all wired up manually to one of these 800 by 480 displays. Well, now I've got it in a hat form. So all of these wires are hooked up and I'm using this handy uh, PyMoney Mini Black Hat Hacker. Check it out. And slowly coming together. I still have a couple more uh, tweaks to get working with it. But the good news is that it it comes up. We've got color. Got the little Raspberry Pi boot screen. And I've got console login. So so far, so good. Um, I want to work on the backlight a little bit and then maybe work on a touch overlay perhaps. So, more progress.
0: Hey lady, what is this?
1: Look at these beautiful, colorful LED squares. They're moving around because I've ported our LED sand demo to Arduino on this 32 by 64 matrix. Oh. So, as I move this around, a little particle physics project appears. And I actually think this kind of looks much better with the LED plastic oh, nice. on top. So, this is kind of cool. That's super cool. Yeah, more physics fun from Adafruit.
0: Okay, and uh, good news. So, a few weeks ago, Clue was on the cover of Make, and this time, this month, hsmag.cc you can subscribe you can also download a free PDF discover feather plug and play for easy electronics
1: yay yeah
0: this is cool and um, every single month the Hackspace team somehow publishes a magazine it's actually pretty amazing um, that they're able to do this take it from someone else you you have to work on magazines Um, this is hard work (laughs) Um, every single month and they have all sorts of digital ways for you to get your hands on it so check it out It's um, I think like a good You know like Okay we did it um, I, can t- I can point on a map The time and place Where we came up with Feather yeah. I can point on a map when, time and place Where we came up with Clue I can point on a
1: Fauna uh, I know uh, fauna. I didn't even know What I was eating I was yeah. eating delicious dumplings Yeah
0: and you know That's one of the things About New York um, Just to get a little Like sentimental About yeah. New York Well there was that article uh, That Jerry Seinfeld Wrote about Why like what You know People are saying New York's dead because of this economic, just um, multiple crises that yeah. we're all in. And, um, you know, there's something about New York that a lot of creativity just pours out. It's the people, it's the food, it's the culture, it's the proximity. There's a lot of things that make you think of stuff. But Feather, I remember when you came up with it, um, and then you were on a, a quest to release a feather wing. A week. Yes. And you did. And it was a feather, like...
1: A feather wing a week. And it, and it was it. Like,
0: and in, and like in a year, we're like, here's the 52 yeah. feather wings.
1: and a year later, I was like... T- I yeah, did and 50. so now,
0: all t- there's thousands of, of feathers all together, from yeah. the platforms to the wings. We don't. It's, it's not just us. Yeah, you can go on github.com slash adafruit slash awesome-feather, mm-hmm. which is also the name of a uh, horse.
1: Of a racehorse, yes. it was a
0: racehorse. Um, we have nothing to do with this. Um, no, we don't. We don't have anything to plug the horse, the
1: horse into the circle Yeah. Um, but it's an open standard. Um, yeah. Particle uses it. Seed uses it. SparkFun uses it. Anyone is welcome to make a feather. You don't have to even call it a feather. Yeah. But if you do, and, you just make it makes it
0: And for the board manufacturers and for the folks making platforms, if they don't make a feather, they make something that kind of looks just like it. That's so hard. it's like, it doesn't matter. As We're just like, yay, you know, we, there was a lot of good ideas that went in the feather. So um, thank you so much, Hackspace. Check this out. You can download a PDF. Subscribe if you want to see things like this in the world. Get in all sorts of different devices, too. Um, and then speaking of, so there was a couple, was a couple things. Um, Circuit Python, 148 boards. It's a programming language to get a lot of stuff done. Powerful. Yay. Python. Yay. Um, feather, format, accessories. Now we have a way to connect it all up. So we're now up to 50 STEM boards.
1: 51, actually. Yeah. I really released a new one yesterday. Yeah. Fifty it, plus STEMMA boards and sensors, from accelerometers to air quality sensors to OLED displays, yeah, to to, you know, that's just from us too, and including everybody else in the community making them like SparkFun and Zio. There's probably a couple of hundred, maybe even mm-hmm. five hundred total, uh, quick or STEMMA compatible plug-in boards yeah. over I squared C.
0: So, even though we already passed. Pl- 50 mm. you know you celebrate the 50th for a while
1: yeah. so um, a
0: STEM of 50 is here we're going to be talking about all the different stemma boards yeah and have two
3: in the new product yeah. section
0: tonight and uh i want to do some breaking news <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay
0: here's a breaking news why you know because you know I, I, get, I get crummy emails and nasty stuff from people because you know we talk briefly about some things but someone in the chat said hey i just signed up to be a poll worker now, thank you. now, okay, so that is what I'm talking about. If everyone, like, this is just good information we're putting out there, and now this person is going to go do something, so um, thank, thank you. Thank you, person. Thank you so much, James, for just doing something, because I feel like a lot of people complain, a lot of people uh, terrorize each other on social media, but yes. this is something that, um, you know. It's action. They're, they're, every, everybody can do something, so thanks, and I'm glad we put that out there. Anyways, that was my breaking news. Um, next okay. up, open source hardware. We're an open source
1: hardware company. That's right, and we are like the number one open source hardware. We are. Submitter.
0: And speaking of,
1: okay,
0: October is Open Hardware Month. Wow, there's going to be virtual events around the world. Last year, I did a post a day every single day on something about open source hardware. I'm not doing that this year because I already did it last year. So someone else should do do, do that too. Do we submitted
1: poster. a couple we had like three hundred and fifty boards. More than that, yeah. yeah.
0: And uh Dylan, who's back in school, um he was our, our paid intern. We might we might want to figure out how to make get
1: some statue. more
0: Get some more um, of them submitted before Oh
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It's a good idea. So anyways, open hardware month, go to ohm dot and you'll be able to see what's coming up. They're gonna be doing virtual events and more. You can sign up. You can get the word out. We'll probably we'll do something, um, but I'm not. I'm not gonna do. I already did the series. I'm probably gonna just do one post. Yeah. And I'll link to those other ones. That sounds um, fun. Yeah. All right. New guides. We have over two thousand two hundred and seventy-eight. I know. Maybe it was on the we big board we blew suite. past
1: twenty-two fifty. So we're getting up to twenty-five hundred soon. Um. We've got a bunch of guides on the list today. From uh, starting on the right. John Park uh, did another RGB matrix project. We're porting over our Pi portal projects to RGB matrix projects. Um, This one is a Bitcoin value display. Uh, So you get this cute uh, graphic with Blinka and uh, she's hugging a a Bitcoin. And it was at about $11,700 last photo was taken. Who knows what it is now? The only way to find out, build this project. We've got from the Ruiz brothers, a NeoPixel flame torch prop. So uh, this is kind of neat because we're using a fan. Um, like a, a five volt fan as part of the prop, and our new mini booster to generate the five volts required for the fan. They tried running the fan off of three volts, um, or from the lipo four volts, and actually it wasn't uh, blowing hard enough. So these little boost converter work great. We have a video to show as well. Erin uh, experimented a lot with resin recently because uh, it's uh, good weather in California to do so, and um, she made a torch lamp. And uh, she'll teach you all the tips and tricks of what not to do when pouring resin, because it can, it can be difficult, but uh, when you do succeed, it's beautiful. Um, and then from Natalie Fortin, we have a translation of uh, our MakeCode Circuit Playground Guide uh, for beginners, starting out with MakeCode and Circuit Playground. It's the easiest way to make creative electronic projects now in French. So if you're either uh, French-Canadian or French- from France or in another place and you speak French, you're set. Uh, you can follow along with this guide. It's great for at-home learning. Yeah, I'm going to be
0: showing a couple of the videos of the torch and the resin lamp shortly. Okay, some main New York City factory footage, photos around New York, and more. Um, every week we take some photos that are going around here. This one's from Dano. Dano leads up a lot of the manufacturing at Adafruit. Um, All of our post office boxes have political messages on because post offices have turned into a political pawn this year. So um, there's lots of neat paste-up art and graffiti and more on the postal boxes around New York. We'll continue to keep an eye on these and figure out if any gets removed. I think they're all gonna stay in place now, but um, there's lots of things painted on them.
1: Some selective soldering action here. I think this is for uh, relay featherwing. I'm oh, sorry. This is the Ethernet feather wing. This is upside down too. Oh, cool. oh, yeah. I'm getting so.
0: And we still have our time lapses that we do. Some weeks people say, I'm tired of seeing that construction across the street. Do you have any well, so Empire State Building <laughs> stuff or more? And the answer is we do, but we also, we have, also have to. <laughs> we also have the construction going outside the building. Yeah. So that's going on. Yeah. All right, let's do some 3D printing with Don Pedro. We have uh, two videos this week. We have the uh, like light-up torch video, and then we have this T-light thing.
1: Come back on the other side for INMPI. Yep.
4: Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're building an LED torch using NeoPixels and CircuitPython. This 3D printed prop was inspired by Nick Daimlow's medieval torch project. This uses a Gemma M-Zero and a NeoPixel jewel to create a fake flame with some silk fabric and a mini fan. We designed and 3D printed the prop to house all the electronics and it features a modular design that allows you to easily swap out the parts. The flame is made from pieces of silk that are cut and taped to a crossbar fitted over the NeoPixel jewel. The Gemma M-Zero and NeoPixel jewel are securely mounted to the fan using machine screws and hex nuts. We've been wanting to recreate this effect and I think it could be scaled up and applied to different projects. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. The torch parts can be 3D printed without any support material using PLA filament. I put together this simple demo code using CircuitPython and the NeoPixel library. I set up the dot star on board the Gemma to light up in a blue color. I used a for loop to make the first NeoPixel blue and the rest to be red. CircuitPython makes it really easy to write code for your project so definitely check it out if you're just getting started. Be sure to check out the Learn Guide for a full step-by-step tutorial on building this project. Big shout-out to Nick Daimlow for the inspiration. I hope this gets you excited to check out CircuitPython. If you're looking for electronics for your next project, be sure to check out Adafruit. Thanks so much for watching, and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit.
0: DigiKey key and Adafruit present... On this week, Harding.
1: Harding, which they have a very handsome logo. I gotta say, nice yellow, logo. this is very nice yellow. So this yeah. Is, So, this company is um, a company that makes connectors. And uh, I saw this come up on the DigiKey slash new page. And they also tweeted about it. I remember you said this to me. And you're like, what is this new thing called single pair Ethernet? And I said, I have no idea. I'm going to go look into it. And we'll talk about it on INMPI. And we'll teach other engineers about it as well. So, that's what this week's INMPI is all about single pair Ethernet and the connectors that you need and the cables you need to get started with it. So the uh, NPI itself is this uh, very adorable little connector. And as you can see in the center there, it's got two conductors. And it has it basically does Ethernet up to one gigasam, uh, sorry, gigabit per second. Um, and it also provides power up to 50 watts over just two conductors. Amazing. How's that possible? Well, thanks to single-pair Ethernet, which has this... Cute logo, which, can you can see the S. It has the two conductors and, like, the cables and S. Clever. Very clever. Okay, so the Ethernet that you and I know is this. It's, you know, a four or eight conductor Ethernet connector. It's on computers. It's on Xboxes. It's on routers. It's on almost everything, IoT devices, uh, industry. And it's it's invented in the 70s, and uh, we've improved on it greatly from 10 base T to 100 base T to now Gigabit, um, we've added power over Ethernet as well. That's a you know somewhat recent invention, so you can now power devices over Ethernet. We have some PoE devices, um, but it still uses kind of an old technique for signaling where there's multiple conductors, and I think 10Base-T has like one pair for transmit, one pair for receiving. And uh, although Gigabit eventually gets to uh, bidirectional transmission, there are going to be a lot of situations where you want to reduce the amount of wiring. So this is what, you know, normally at the top, you see 10 base T and then you have uh, one gigabit uh, or one G base T. And at the bottom, uh, you can see, um, you know, it is possible to transmit this data on a single twisted pair bidirectionally. And that means instead of having eight wires, you have two wires. And this is important because um, if you're in industry and let's say you're wiring up a factory Or you're wiring up a train or a car you want to minimize the weight you want to minimize the expense of the wiring you can do that with these two conductors another thing that i thought was interesting you can see on the very left there's like the simple plug-in conductor and in the center there is like a high reliability version so you know for a lot of industrial uses um, they want to make sure that the conductor that the conductors don't come loose and they're waterproof and so there are waterproof ethernet kind of like plug over adapters but single pair ethernet was sort of designed from the beginning to be used in high reliability situations so here's a list of some of the applications that uh, harding recommends and you can see their beautiful uh, golden yellow coloring here so um you know power monitoring switches transportation like trains and airplanes machinery industry solar you know one thing you'll definitely See, that's not here is home and office so this you know you're not going to be able to replace something that's been around since the 70s for home and office people you know they don't really mind the ethernet um and for high speeds and high lengths eight conductors will do better for you than two conductors but there are a lot of situations like you know let's take the, for example a train or a plane it's not physically that large it's only like a couple hundred feet long but every ounce counts, and also there's just not that much physical space for so much wiring. Let's say you want to put a television in the back of every uh, airplane seat or train seat. Um, all that wiring becomes very complicated, so single-pair Ethernet's goal is to again simplify that. I think also it could be a good alternative for you know, CAN bus, which is another two-wire protocol also kind of invented I think in the 70s or 80s. Um, you know this. Uh, Single pair Ethernet can go up to one gigabit per second, so it's much, much faster. And again, it does power over those two wires as well. Here's another thing I thought was really cool. So you know how everybody's had the situation where you're plugging an Ethernet cable and that little plastic thing breaks? I mean, everyone's been there, right? And you've already, like, wired up something and you've, like, stapled the cable in. And once that little, like, plastic bit breaks, like, it's impossible to fix. Um, so what I thought was really neat is they replaced it with a metal... Tang on these connectors. So uh, they've solved like the one annoying problem I've had with Ethernet, which is that, you know, once that little piece breaks, it can become loose and, and, and the cable can come out. Um, so Harding has both the connectors as well as cables. So you can uh, also pick up from DigiKey these beautiful yellow cables. You see yellow is a theme here. I'll show the cable on the overhead too, maybe. So um, also the con- conductor is very small. Uh, compared to Ethernet. It's a much smaller connector. Um, This is a very durable cable, but with only two conductors, you can imagine um, the cable can be a lot thinner and more flexible than Ethernet. So this is the cable in the handsome yellow color. And uh, this is the uh, part for the uh, pick and placeable uh, connector piece that goes into the PCB. So uh, it comes on tape and reel, uh, but it only has, you know, four mechanical contacts and then two actual contacts and this just snaps in and it's a really it's a nice snap it really clicks in it's extremely strong and then you know oh I mean, you can remove it uh by pressing down on the cable assembly so those are the pieces that you'll need if you're the kind of person who's building industrial equipment industrial iot or you're uh making things um, again not for home and office but for machinery for transportation for industry Um, maybe even for military. I think single-pair Ethernet is something you're going to see a lot more of, so it's a good time to become familiar with it. Also, they've got a great superhero character called Twister, and uh, they've got a whole set of these for all the different connectors that Harding makes. Uh, This time they went with purple, not yellow for the character, and uh, his head is a single-pair Ethernet connector, so very... Creative?
0: Available on DigiKey. Um, in the chat, a lot of people are like, hey, I've, I've been hearing about this, and, and now I now it's on INMPI, so I'm going to take a look. Take so a
1: look. And if you go to Harding.com, they have a, a whole information section that I totally, uh, you yep. know, Wikipedia to learn all about all the specifications for single pair ethernet. So there's there's a consortium of com- companies. Harding is one of like the original uh, consortium members, but there's quite a few of them. All of them are very well-known connector and an industry manufacturer. So again, you're not gonna see this for home and office, but if you're manufacturing stuff that's automation, industry, single pair ethernet, it's a good time to get acquainted with it because your next revision of a product, you're probably gonna be including it. Yeah.
0: And uh, they had like a minute, two-minute video um, about their technology product, so we're going to play that. Take it away.
5: Single-pair Ethernet is a new transmission standard for industrial automation via just one pair of conductors. We provide answers to the most pressing questions and point out our future SPE solutions for IIoT infrastructure. A whole series of new standards accompanies the development of SBE, but which parts of technology do they refer to? First of all, this concerns norm IEC 63171-6, in which the SBE connector face is defined for industrial applications. We also cooperate actively in standardization committees for cabling standards at ISO, IEC and TIA and indeed for transmission standards at IEEE 802.3. Transmission via just one pair of conductors requires new interfaces, cables and other components in devices. The Harting-Norm proposal was the first proposal for a standardized SBE interface comprising a complete range of various variants from IP20 to IP67 in M8 and M12 structural shapes. In this way, all versions are based on one standardized connector face and comply with all specifications demanded by the market. Those were the reasons why our proposal for a standardized connector face was accepted by all international norm committees such as ISO, IEC, TIA and IEEE. IEC 63171-6 will finally be published this year. This sets the standard.
0: All right, and uh, check it out on DigiKey. Short URL is short slash zrvt71, or you can just look at the product ID. We'll also have the blog post and more. And that is this week's on MPI. On MPI. Okay, um, we're going to do new products. I'm going to uh, mention this. So uh, anyone who sees a really interesting new product or a company is about to release something really interesting and it's available uh, on DigiKey, let us know. Yes. And uh, we'll be able to do, you know, a segment like this. It's, it's one of our favorite segments because you remember it's like, oh, yeah, I saw that on, like, Ask an Engineer, DigiKey, yeah. I thing, MPI thing. I
1: try to teach people stuff like this. Yeah. Like, this MPI is interesting because it's like, it's just a connector and a cable, but it's something that, I think engineers, you know, we have to think two or three years ahead because, yeah. like, you start the specification process well before the product is done, so now's an excellent time to integrate this new technology. Yeah,
0: and it's tough because, you know, we all have experienced what USB-C led to, which is we had to do a giant guide on the 15 different types of USB-C. So, like, anytime something new comes up, like, the better yeah. you can understand it and start designing products for. Um, but I think you're right. I think uh, in particular... Industrial um, applications is where you're going to see this. And weight matters. A lot of things matter when you talk about scale. Like every, that mass transit example that you had. So every Everything that you sit in and it takes you somewhere is going to have a screen With and, ads. and information. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. No, but I
3: remember like you always see once
1: in a while like those those like little videos of like you know they talk about how much wiring is in a 747 or something and and it's always like some insane number, like yeah. twelve thousand pounds of wiring. And like that's in addition, like think of all the fuel that's spent yeah. to like lift all that wiring. It's not including the people. Or the chassis It's just the wiring Like what if you could Simplify it
0: It's a good question If um, If you were to tell folks Look we have a low cost airline And We're just not going to use As many wires (laughs) But the ticket price Are going to be lower And you know It'll be a different experience I think people At this point they, they, They want to see a screen And do stuff And it's really hard to not have that yeah it seems to be the standard issue
1: I do say check out the single pair ethernet website there's a lot of details I didn't get into like cross compatibility with normal ethernet and the power ethernet specif- It goes, it's, it's quite long and detailed I think people mm. go go read about it
0: alright well um, the other favorite segment we have that we do each week is new products that's right here we go new new new
1: new new new, new, new.
0: All right, new products this week. Uh, Don't forget, we are operating safe, smart, and uh, we've been squeaky clean. We've been doing this for five months, and we're good (laughs) at it. Um, We do a lot. Every, you know, I know the temperature, because I'm on the list, because we do each other's temperature. Everybody's temperature, Everybody, I know everybody's temperature. Like, oh look, they're a little colder today. So we all have our temperature that we do to make sure we're okay when uh, we get to the office. Okay, Uh, first up.
1: Okay. So we have a couple new stemifications. so people have been noticing, hey, old breakouts from Adafruit are being uh, revamped and updated to uh, use the Stemma QT format. Uh, almost all of them are about 0.7 by 1 inch and they have two Stemma QT connectors on each side. This is a, basically a quick compatible board, just has level shifting and voltage regulator built in so that you can use it with any board from a Raspberry Pi to an Arduino Uno, anything in between. Um, so this week you've got the SI7021. It's a very nice humidity and temperature sensor from Scilabs. Now a STEMI QT format for easy plug and play. We also have the List 3 dh This is an oldie but goodie. People love this accelerometer. I love this accelerometer from ST. We use it in a ton of boards. It's got tap detection, it's you know uh, got uh, you know triple axis. It's got uh, two, four, eight, and 16 uh, G range. Uh, sorry, two, four, and eight G range. Um, At x c you can change the address, and now in StemIQT format, so you can plug and play it. It's so lovely with all of our other StemIQT boards that we have over 50 of. All right, next up. Okay, next up, very small NeoPixels. These went through the shrink ray. These are two millimeter by two millimeter NeoPixels. Um, they're compatible with all the Neopixel code that's all over the internet, but they're extremely small, which is great because uh, I like to shove these into dev boards and the 5x5mm and even the 3.5x3.5mm are sometimes a bit big. Now, you're, they're not going to be as bright because they're smaller, but uh, they still pack a punch and they're NeoPixely. Uh, speaking of which, we also have another variant of Neopixels, the side light Neopixels that people may have seen on a couple boards, including the Halloween M4. Um, also going to show up in a couple badges. These are interesting because they're side mounted um, and they're kind of like rectangular. So they're, they don't take up a lot of space. Um, uh, they come in a strip and you can uh, solder paste them on. You can solder them very carefully with a fine tip um, soldering iron. And as you can see, they emit light from the side and they're nice and bright. And I thought I would also show them on the overhead. Let's see, get a sense of how big they are. Okay. So, these are much yeah, smaller. I know, like, but these digitally. are so small. Okay. So these are the individual neopixels. Um, and you can see they are just like already, these are only 2 by 4 millimeters. Yeah, let's back
0: out a little bit. Back out, a bit
1: and, back
0: out and then Go this it. way. Yeah, focus and then zoom in. There it's you trying. You can yeah, see you the can little chip. Yeah, you can move it over a little bit. Yeah, you can yeah. see the chip
1: inside. And then oh. on the bottom. Move
0: around a little bit. Right, in, you know, yeah, sorry, there
1: you go. Right it's it's yeah, tough, because right they're so small. There you go. Yeah. Um, you can see the yeah. four pads on the bottom.
0: Yeah, then flip it on the side. Put one on the side.
1: Oh. It's so small. There you go. Yeah. All right, so it's one on the side. And then I also have the the really tiny ones
0: let's see, oh, let's see how, how how it's tough to it, it's tough it does yeah. it's like
1: what are you doing why, why small? so small okay and then these one, are even one
0: human new finger just to give you an idea
1: yeah and these are the two millimeter by two millimeter ones okay so these I'll are even a
0: little bit. A little bit.
1: these are even smaller yeah so these are pick and placeable you could saw them by hand if you're very very careful or hot air i will say that the side light ones they don't hot air very nicely with a hot air gun. Of course, you can reflow them, but they do, uh, the plastic does get a little melty. So if you do hot air them, uh, just be fast. Either way, uh, they're four pins power, ground, uh, data in, and data out. You can chain as many as you want and use any NeoPixel or WS281X code you like. All right, so that's two new NeoPixel variants. All
0: right.
1: All right, next up, we have um, a low cost. Uh, fingerprint sensor. So we already have stocked a fingerprint sensor that's very similar to this, um, but we found a version that's about half the price. Uh, It has a little bit less memory, but it seems to work just fine. And it comes with a plug and play cable. So if you want to add biometric sensing, I think you record up to like 128 fingerprints. Uh, We've got Arduino and CircuitPython slash Python code. So you can use it with Linux or Raspberry Pi or Arduino, what have you, anything in between. All right. Okay, next up we have two metal buttons and these are toggle buttons. So as Jelly's safe hands are showing you, you can press the button and it stays locked on and then you press it again and it releases. So it's kind of an on off button, not a momentary button. Uh, And it's got a beautiful RGB LED ring in the center. Uh, It's rated for six volts, so you can use five volts just fine. Um, And uh, you, you you have one common anode and then uh, three common, three cathodes, one for RG and B, and on the bottom you have a common, a normally open, and normally closed contact. We also have a version in fashionable Adafruit Black. Same thing, it's the same size, 16 millimeter. Um, it's a toggle on-off with an RGB ring, but in a cool, sleek black color. I think I will, yeah, I have a demo here, so I can show on the overhead. what they look like. So this is uh, the button. It comes with a nice um, hex nut. So you just drill a hole in, and you can see it can be like up to like a half inch thick. Uh, You press the button, it stays on. You press it again, it releases. On the bottom, you've got a bunch of contacts. I'm using our quick connects for easy contact. They're just spade, or you can solder to them. Um, These are the four RGB, again, one common anode, three cathodes for R, G, and B, and then three contacts for the switch. And then if I can find the micro USB power, you can uh, PWM it any color you like. So I think it'd be kind of cool, like when it's off, it can be, you know, yellow. And then when it's on, it's uh, green. Um, so you can get creative. And uh, we already have momentary versions of this button. So this one is the on-off version, toggle switch button. Okay.
0: okay. Next, uh, we still have more. That's we got
1: more. a lot more. Okay, Saola, the ESP32-S2 dev boards. So we actually have uh, CircuitPython support for this board because we're using it for ESP32-S2 development. Um, this board is, you know, breadboard friendly. It's got a Warover module on the uh, top side there. And the Warover is an ESP32-S2. I think it has four megabytes of flash and then two megabytes of PSRAM. So this is version with PS RAM. Uh, it also has a USB to serial converter chip and a USB socket. It has a NeoPixel and like a boot button and reset button. It's a, it's a minimal version of an ESP32 development board with all the breakouts. Um, one thing I'll mention is the ESP32 has native USB, but that, is, that USB port is not the native USB port. That's the debug port. So you'll have to get a USB connector and wired up separately to use this with like CircuitPython or Arduino when you want to use the native USB connection. But this is a very low cost, easy way to get started with development on the ESP32 S2. Uh, there's some Arduino support, there's C++ C++ support through the ESP IDF. And of course, we're working on CircuitPython support. Likewise, this week is a week of twinsies. Everything has like, there's two versions. This is the other ESP32 development board. This is the Kaluga. Um, the Kaluga is kind of like a more fully featured dead board. It's also a little bit more expensive. It still has the ESP32 S2, but it has all these extras. It has like, uh, I think a I2S amplifier and a speaker. It has a camera, so you can use the camera peripheral. It's got a a 3.2 inch TFT. It's got a lot more buttons. Uh, it's got, uh, this capacitive touch, um, you know, interface board that you can connect. Um, so you get a lot more with it. Uh, and especially if you want to play with all the uh, hardware peripherals like I2S or capacitive touch or camera, this dev board it's it's got everything. So this is you know very fulfilling. And the other one is just a light snack.
0: Okay. Next up.
1: Okay, so this is now um, a collection of boards. I'm going to make, make a little bit of space here because. For a while, actually, you know, we were, I think when you you were talking about, like, Chuck E. Cheese or something, I don't remember how this started, and you were like, oh, remember, like, Chuck E. Cheese had all those robots, and they were pneumatic? Yeah, I, I
0: yeah, th- I did that, but there was also another thing, when we came up with Cricket, I actually you know where we came up with Cricket, too, on a yeah. map in New York City, um, I thought it would be a good idea to have um, a robotics platform where you can become an Imagineer in a box. Oh, yeah. And one of the tricks that Disney does is they project with a light projector onto something like a face shape. So you don't need to have a robot, you know, trying to talk. You just project the image on something. And I thought, oh, it'd be kind of cool to project uh, my face on a balloon. It would look like my mouth. And then I had Cricket um spin a motor and blow bubbles it's available on youtube you can see it thanks for coming to my ted talk (laughs)
5: Um,
0: but that was one of the things that we wanted was a, a robotics board that you'd use python so you can use repl so you can do things really fast and tweak things so you could do things like have a balloon blow up and then have something turn on and off and then have a bubble wand dip into the bubble solution and blow bubbles. So. Yeah,
1: you asked me how to inflate and deflate a balloon. I said, actually, there's kind of nothing out there that makes this easy. Um, pneumatics is, you know, we see people who do uh, pneumatic robotics projects. They've come by show and tell, and they're they're super awesome. But it's always been kind of challenging. It, it, the parts are expensive or they're hard to get. Um, so we wanted to find a good supplier of low-cost pneumatic slash robotic components so that people can get started with, like, air-controlled projects um, with, you know, pumps and valves and switches and, and connectors that are really easy to use. So I don't know anything about pneumatics, and I put together this really simple demo in only like 15 minutes, and you saw the little video before. So yeah. um, let's go through all the components, and then I'll show a the demo. So first up, we have uh, a 1.8 liter per minute uh, vacuum pump, like uh, air, air pump. So this, um, this device has a DC motor. And it's a 4.5 volt DC motor, and I got that because basically it can power with like about five volts, um, which is what the Cricut runs off of. And it's also, if you have servos, you're running off the same voltage. Air comes in through the side valve and out through the end valve. So it's both a vacuum because air is coming in from the side and out through the end. And if you reverse the polarity of the connectors to the DC motor, it doesn't go the other way. Like it really is, air only comes in from the side and out through, um, uh, through the end. So this is for, you know, air, air pump usage only. It's not for water. It's not for oil. It's only for air. Um, I can do about 1.8 liters per minute draws about half an amp. Um, so you can use it either for suction or for blowing, right? You can do either one. You could theoretically use both, but like one has to be free for the air to move so it can generate pressure. Okay. Next up, we have a larger version of the same motor this is a i think 2.5 liter per minute version also um 4.5 volts you can run it at five volts just fine same deal air comes in the side and goes out the end okay so now you've got like your battery right you've got your voltage slash pressure generator for your pneumatics, so now you have to be able to like turn it on and off so you can turn the motor on and off but like it doesn't Like, that's not going to stop air from leaking through. You actually need an air valve. So the air valve, this is a relay, basically, for pneumatics. So this device has three, um, sorry, it has three uh, ports. There's uh, two end ports and one side port. And the side port is like the common of a relay. And then depending on whether you turn the, the solenoid on or off, the middle common port is connected to either side, and the opposite side is closed, so air doesn't come in or out. So it's kind of like like a, like a transistor or a relay for air. Um, and then you would hook this up to um, your voltage, your pump, your pressure generator, and you could redirect the air in different uh, locations, or you can use it as a release valve, right? You close it to keep pressure or then open it and you can just vent or out. So uh, this little relay also runs at around five volts um, and it has a little connector on the end. It's like a 2.5 JST or something like that. Um, and uh, you can see here on the other end, the third port. So this is your valve that you can use for turning things on and off. Next up, you might have to make manifolds or connect multiple pieces of tubing together. So we've got these T-Connects, these are just simple plastic pieces. In fact, I kind of cannibalized one of these to make the balloon connector because I needed something that the balloon could like grip onto. So you get a pack of five and uh, I think you could probably turn this into just like, you know, an end-to-end connector by just maybe putting some epoxy or glue in in the middle uh, middle of the T. But it basically allows you to create manifolds or redirect air um, into multiple different locations with your air pump. So this is like a little like a little mini breadboard basically for uh, hydraulics, and then you need the wiring. So for that, we've got this silicone tubing um, that fits onto all the different ports and it's nice and snug. Uh, it's silicone, but it's not food safe. Uh, it's only meant for these air projects. I think it's like two millimeter inner diameter or something like five millimeter outer diameter. Either way, it's easy to cut. It's silicone. It's flexible. It's stretchy. Uh, it works great for these projects. Okay. So let's go to the overhead and see if I can show this demo. So I've got this pump, and uh, as I mentioned before, um, the side pump is suction. So air only comes in here and goes out here, and this is open, because that way I can suck air out of the balloon and into the atmosphere, and it can generate that pressure. And for this one, you'll see I have the pump air going this way, right? Because air comes in and goes out. So this one is going to be able to inflate the balloon. And then in the middle, I have a valve. And the valve is what switches the air from the pump or the vacuum into the balloon. All right, so you ready for this demo? Yeah. Let's do this thing. So it's gonna take a second to start up. Okay, so this pump is going, and it's gonna inflate the balloon for like five to 10 seconds.
0: And you you time this so you know It's not just going to keep going forever. No,
1: no, no. And then it stops, and then now it's holding it. And then this pump activates, and it deflates. So it's sucking the air out of the balloon, and you can see it actually takes all the air out. And then the other pump starts up again. So if you're making inflatables projects with, you know, balloons or pneumatics, or I don't know, like air-based projects... This kind of is all you need to get started. This is like your little kit. Yeah. And you can use a cricket.
0: I, I think you'll be able to do a lot of, you know, neat science stuff. You'll be able to do a lot of neat uh, animatronics. You'll be able to do a lot of art. Um, this is one of the hardest things. And uh, this is why, you know, we came up with the idea a while back. Like, wouldn't it be great to be able to get, like, all the the Disney Imagineer type stuff in one spot? So this just... Continues on that cricket and cricket. Yeah, and this uh, is nice. You don't need a compressor.
1: You don't need a compressor. All runs on 5 volts. So, cricket, which is a 5 volt uh, robotics device, you can see the pumps are controlled by the motor driver, and then the relay is controlled by the uh, solenoid driver. So yeah. it's perfect.
0: Here's a fun thing to consider. You know, a lot of theme parks might be a little different, and you might have some more at home time. Why not build your own animatronic theme park in the garage? That's right. Okay. Start here tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, and our community, and all of our customers, and our team, is
1: this. Hold on. I have to switch gears now because that was, that was like a, a big a big changeover. Yeah. Um, so this is a new featherwing. This is, uh, people really love our OLED Featherwing that has uh, 128 by 32 pixels. We've upgraded it now. We found a display that fits perfectly, perfectly on top, and it's 128 by 64 pixels. It's monochrome, and uh, it still has the three buttons. It's still I squared C. We've got an Arduino library for it. We don't quite yet have CircuitPython for it, um, but that's coming soon. So uh, just be aware if you want to use it with CircuitPython or Python, that code is not uh, available yet. Uh, But it's a beautiful uh, display, and it's got, again, twice as many pixels, so that's kind of nice. And on the bottom, we even added a Stemma QT connector. Get nice and close. Um, So you can, maybe I'll show it off carefully. So um, you got the uh, display over here, a Stemma QT connector. So you can connect any I2C device uh, you like. Uh, such as a sensor, or like a air quality sensor, or a relay, or what have you, an um, ADC. So plugging this into my Feather. Okay, and then I'm going to plug this in. I can show that demo, where we have, oh, sit down. We have a uh, no solder temperature humidity display using our HT20. Um, just plug it in, and I wrote some Arduino code to um, use this nice font, to display the temperature and humidity. So, uh, chain as many sensors as you like. It's a great uh, pairing for our 50 plus demo boards, and uh, it's a beautiful uh, OLED display. So it's a big display with lots of pixels, um, and it's a perfect match for all of our feathers. So, for folks who've been like, I want a bigger featherwing display, you got it.
0: All right, with that. It's- <laughs> Okay, cool. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to. Oh, my
1: demos work this week. Yeah.
0: um, Complicated (laughs) demos, too. I know. Look, we do this every week live. And I'll tell you, I've said this before, but we always have new people on the show. We do live demos every week because electronics companies don't do that. Um, They don't show how these things actually work, they don't show how these things uh, look. If you could do it live with thousands of people, um, either either we're the best ever at this or this stuff is actually pretty easy to do and you can do it too. Yeah. One of those things must be true. Um, And, you know, we do this in all sorts of times and weather and mental states and physical states. So I I think all that work that we do all week and all year and all decade to make things easy for people proved that... You know, you could do this stuff too. And I
1: have to like collate it, like all the pneumatic stuff. Like something actually came in a while ago, and I had to like wait yeah. to have everything come in at once because it doesn't make sense to like have the pumps but not the tubing, or like you know the T connector but not the relay. Yeah. So and the everything. other thing
0: is um, just a little like maker business thing. So when we got onto the scene, it was only um, the the part on a white background. That's all you could ever do. And if you
1: even got a photo,
0: if you even got a photo. And so we decided, well, let's make sure there's a video. Let's make sure there's a learning guide. Let's make sure there's published code on GitHub. Let's put the let's make the photos as beautiful as the hardware in the code itself.
1: These are great photos.
0: And that's one of the reasons, you know, you see things uh, like this. Um, this is also... You th- can also
1: see we're safe because we've got gloves on while we're in. Yeah, we have, the, we have the glove <laughs> version. You can tell when the photos were taken. You have the glove version. But, you know,
0: electronics are are beautiful. And, like, this could, this could easily be something futuristic from... Uh, a science fiction movie from the past but it's also just something that you know you can build something with so
1: anyways good um, on a panel
0: yeah so that's that's why that's why we jam that way Um, for uh, what's coming up next is questions we're going to do that over in discord so uh, go to adafruit.it slash discord and um, join all 24,000 of us Um, your questions will be answered I'm ready to answer them okay um inspired chaos was i was kind of multitasking or talking in the chat yeah uh inspired and dad wants to they were discussing making a miniature dark ride diorama pneumatic might be a cool way to do small movements and i wrote back pneumatic diorama sounds like a art class of the future like pneumatics in like these little settings is a really neat way to control a diorama because you could do way more than just like just servos like you can do servos and motors and you can do all this stuff yeah you can
1: use all those valves and like you know they're not that expensive you you know use the pump to to create like a, a pressure container uh use a safe pressure container like a two liter bottle or something um that can hold it and then um release the pressure to each thing that you want and and what's really nice about pneumatics is like they're really fast um, and they're very, very small. Like, you don't need... The servos are, like, kind of big and they have to be nearby. But you can pass this tubing up um, to your diorama very easily and it kind of flexes around and the air just goes wherever you tell it.
0: Yeah. If you're in Discord, um, check out Mark Olson's photo. Yeah, electronics are beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah, photo. That's cool. from Mark's uh, Tindy page. Um, Mark, post a link to your page. Mark was on the show and tell. Um, you know, the, the, if you even look at the, the close-ups... You know, this That's is,
3: cool. This looks
0: like you know, search for Spock. You know, like out, like a like a movie prop. Yeah, no, this, it, this is, like, is But this is technology we can use and code and program.
1: This is like the fifth element.
0: Yeah, this is super neat. This is like space age looking things, like that future that you imagine when you were younger. You can actually do stuff with it now. So I think, you know, a lot of this stuff don't don't hide those photos. Everybody get the close up photos. Show the demos. It matters. Um, what better way to talk about pneumatics than showing it? So that's why we have videos and more on all of our product pages. Okay. Uh, The big guys do it too. Disney's Flight of Passage rides seats use pneumatics for the breathing. Yeah,
1: Disney loves pneumatics.
0: Yeah. I think it was Captain EO at Epcot. It was a Michael Jackson experience. Um, When you sat in the seats, when the characters were coming up behind... Michael Jackson, the air would blow in the seat, and it felt like the creature was behind you when they would show you. They it love was, pneumatics. It was really neat.
1: Pneumatics and, and Pepper's Ghost is like yeah. 80% of Disney stuff.
0: Next up. Question. With it being easy to change I-squared, C devices with Grove, Quick, uh, etc., is the I-squared C test strength needed after a few connections? In other words, could, I sing, could the si- signal become weak after a few?
1: Um, It actually won't because each one has 10K pull-ups on it, and I2C is actually specced for 2K, so you can definitely put at least five of them in a row. Um, If you have a very long cable, um, I2C is not designed for extremely long cables, but we do have, uh, it's not out yet, coming soon, um, an LTC4311 uh, breakout, which is an active Terminator, which I think can let you use like a couple hundred feet of cabling for I2C, so you know, if it's the number of boards now, you there's pretty much you can put five to ten, I think, without any issue. Um, and then if you were thinking about long distances, then yes, an active terminator will, will just do the job. So, there's a lot of packs you can do for I squared C.
0: Okay, um, next up, what is the length of these tubes that we had in store? One meter, One
1: meter. but you can cut it to any length you desire.
0: All right. And is this the Suggested use, like, is this how you?
1: This is how I use these LEDs, but I think there's a lot of options. I think, you know, some people were asking last week, like, what if I want to have LEDs behind, uh, like, a translucent um, plastic or translucent PCB? These would do better, of course, at uh, not, you know, they're not true backlights, but they're closer to. Or if you want to edge light acrylic, you know, maybe this could also do a, a good job. There's, there's a lot of situations where you want the the light to come out at an angle. Uh, And this would uh, do it. I think when I first saw these was like um, these blinds we saw, I think, in like the Apple store, and they were sticks with the right-angle LEDs, and they were in like a a curtain so that you could see through it because the PCBs were very thin, but you could see the LED display kind of floating in air.
0: Yeah, just, uh, you know, collision with current events. So one of the cool things in the past was the Apple Store in Soho, they seem to operate a little bit different than other Apple Stores. Yeah, where, they have cool art. Where they have, like, really advanced art that used, like, the LED neon or, like, NeoPixel-like things sunk inside resin. And, you know, you see it, and it's it's very finished and polished. But then we would say, oh, here's how you could remake it. And then sometimes we would even try to look up the parts that they had. Yeah, it was like, inspiration. All sorts of stuff. And, you know, the Apple Store is open again, but... The retail landscape, just generally speaking, has been shrinking. A lot of people buy stuff only online. And right now, in particular, um, in the major cities, you don't expect there to be a huge investment in in the retail storefront technologies as much anymore. So we'll all have to figure out, you know, how how are we going to find and get inspired by those things? I think the idea of, like, home dioramas would be neat. We were talking to Aaron... Um, who's on our team, and uh, we had this idea where, uh, like, right before COVID hit, there was people going to these like Instagram areas where you mm-hmm. know you would go there and take these, these photos, and it's like, and they would have like, you know, the flexible uh, LED neon, and, and it was everything. always
1: like, be the dream you want. Yeah. I don't know. There's always something like kind yeah. of kitschy about be it. Be
0: good. Um, <laughs> and to say, uh, wear a mask now. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that would be kind of neat for. You now maybe families to make their own like little selfie cove where they're they're it's it's a it's it's something that they can because they're going to be sharing photos socially why not have that same experience oh, I think it's but a good, build it yourself
1: it's a great idea uh, yeah
0: okay it's because um, we
1: saw they're all using this LED neon
0: yeah all right so those are the questions that we had uh, feel free to hang out in the chat keep chatting amongst yourselves okay um, here's what we're gonna do we're gonna do the um, Python on Hardware newsletter brought to you by uh, Anne and the entire team, and Katney, who did the video version of it. So, take it away, Katney. And then um, we'll end the show on the other side. All right. So we'll see everybody next week.
1: Thanks, everybody. Thanks for a great week. Yeah. Check in. Don't forget, Scott's got a deep dive. JP's got his videos tomorrow.
0: Yep.
3: Never never stops. Here we go. It's that time again. This is Katney with your weekly Python on Hardware news. Every week we put together the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. It is available through AdafruitDaily.com head over to sign up and see all of the past and current newsletters or tune in each week to hear what's going on. Adafruit is working with the team to safely remain open as we continue to navigate COVID-19. For more information, visit adafruit.com open safely. Adafruit is stocked and all orders are shipping. Expect possible delays as we continue to ramp up. Now is the best time to get orders in for your favorite products, including items for students. To find the latest Adafruit products and all of the essentials you love, visit adafruit.com. This past week, the subscriber count for this newsletter surpassed 8,000 members. Thank you to everyone who subscribed. We appreciate that you've chosen this newsletter as the source of your Python news. We'll continue to provide you with weekly updates of all things Python on microcontrollers. Thanks again, and stay tuned. Use a Raspberry Pi with Python as a USB MIDI host. Liz Clark has her Pi connected to a MIDI keyboard and output through either a Euro rack with a CircuitPython powered Winter Bloom Soul module or a CircuitPython powered relay-driven xylophone. Details available from Blitz City DIY on Twitter. This is another wonderful cosplay prop in progress at Kamui Cosplay. Bolivar's Mace uses an Adafruit feather and a prop maker feather wing to provide lights, shake detection, and sound. Details available from Kamui Cosplay on Twitter. A new book is out this month. Working in Public, The Making and Maintenance of Open Source Software by Nadia Egbal. Recommended by Python creator Hiro von Rossum. It is an inside look at modern open source software developers and their influence on our online social world. Available on Amazon. You can also check out Niofia on GitHub for more interesting information on open source from Nadia. In this week's CircuitPython deep dive livestream, Scott streamed his work on adding PSRAM support to the ESP32-S2 port of CircuitPython. Check out the latest video and past videos at adafru.it slash Circuit CircuitPython Day is September 9th, 2020. Adafruit has chosen 9-9-2020 as the snakiest day of this year for CircuitPython Day. Much more to come on events and happenings to include a CircuitPython team live stream, collaboration with hardware and software folks, and highlighting all things Python and Python on hardware. This year's CircuitPython Day is being dedicated to Lambda Labs Makerspace, who are helping during the Beirut disaster. More information on CircuitPython Day is forthcoming. There is a working calendar on GitHub available at adafru.it.cpdayschedule. Do you have ideas or suggestions for CircuitPython Day? Are you planning your own CircuitPython Day event? Let us know via email at circuitpythonday@adafruit.com at adafruit.com or submit a PR to the calendar on GitHub with your event information. These great CircuitPython Day graphics are courtesy of Kevin Matoka, who states, I'm learning how to contribute to the CircuitPython core code. I added a faster way of copying, or blitting, bitmaps. With this bitmap.blit function, it is possible to rainbowify text. Details available from CycleMatch on Twitter. Liz Clark is also working with graphics, making versions of the dancing parrot on an Adafruit clue board. Details available from BlitzCityDIY on Twitter. This CircuitPython-powered e-paper display shows the current phase of the moon. Details available on Hackaday.io and from MicrochipMakes on Twitter. The Trinket Touring Machine is an Adafruit Trinket M0-based Eurorack audio module for algorithmic melody generation. Check it out on ToddBot.com. ProD posts to Twitter, using a thermal camera with an Adafruit Clue, displaying the output of an AMG8833 IR array sensor on the Clue display with CircuitPython. New dark blue colored mini SAM boards are now available along with previous colors. Each packs a hefty SAMD51 processor and are CircuitPython compatible. Check them out on minifigboards.com or get more information from BW Shockley on Twitter. Maker Diary posts to Twitter, power testing the CircuitPython-powered M60 keyboard, featured in the July 14th newsletter. It has very low power consumption, only 50 microamps in sleep mode, and 160 microamps when Bluetooth is connected, all thanks to the NRF52840 processor. Foztex posts to Twitter, turning a Raspberry Pi into a PS2 keyboard emulator, essentially the reverse of a PS2 to USB adapter except the keyboard can come from the network and not just a USB keyboard, similar to an IPKVM using a Python script. Iron Vines posts to Twitter, putting together a moisture sensor and thermometer for seedlings using CircuitPython. Krontas post to Twitter, testing CircuitPython 6.0.0 Alpha 2 on the ESP32-S2 Saola 1. Use your Lego EV brick to unleash the power of Python programming using MicroPython. Simply install the EV MicroPython image onto any microSD card, use it to boot up your EV3 brick, and start programming straight away. Details available on education.lego.com. Micronote posts to Twitter, Atlas, a kit of parts designed around helping beginners take their first steps into the world of electronics. It can be programmed in MicroPython. Kit is available from Micronote on Etsy. Details available on micronote.tech. Humble Bundle is offering a pay-what-you-want bundle for programming and productivity by Mercury Learning Texts. $883 worth of materials is included, and a portion of each sale goes to the American Red Cross and Whale and Dolphin Conservation. Check it out on HumbleBundle.com. Writing a Python-to-C compiler in Python, an especially easy task to do since Python has a built-in parser library and because a number of CPython internals are exposed for extension writers. Details available from Phil Eaton at notes.eatonphil.com. Erica Joy Baker, Director of Software Engineering at GitHub, is featured in a recent Olay ad with a Python script noting the STEM gap based on gender and ethnicity. Check it out from Erica Joy on Twitter. Monkey patching is dynamically changing a piece of software, such as a module, object, method, or function, at runtime. Monkey patching is often used for bug fixes or prototyping software, especially when using external APIs or libraries. Details available at patricksoftwareblog.com and from testdriven.io on Twitter. What is Python used for? 10 plus coding uses for the Python programming language. Tutorial available on freecodecamp.org. Poetry dependency management for Python. Poetry helps you declare, manage, and install dependencies of Python projects, ensuring you have the right stack everywhere. Code available from Python Poetry on GitHub. Learn about using two Python functions, range versus enumerate, in this video available on realpython.com. The number of CircuitPython-supported microcontrollers and single-board computers continues to grow. There were no new boards added this week, but several are in development. Are you interested in adding a new board to CircuitPython? Check out the Adafruit Learn system for a series of guides about getting your board added to CircuitPython and CircuitPython.org. There are five new Python on hardware-related guides in the Adafruit Learn system this week, including, every summer out in the Atlantic Ocean, storms form off the west coast of Africa and start moving towards North America. Sometimes they dissipate and are gone. Other times they keep growing as they move and can become hurricanes. Learn how to use your Pi Portal and CircuitPython to display current storm locations in this guide from Carter Nelson. This clock project uses CircuitPython, the Adafruit Metro M4 Airlift, RGB matrix shield, and a 64x32 LED RGB panel matrix display. Wi-Fi connectivity with the Metro M4 Airlift keeps your clock in sync with Internet time using Adafruit I.O. Build a beautiful, modern digital clock with a retro flare in this guide from John Park. This project pairs the Feather M4 with an Adafruit 8x8 NeoMatrix. Use black LED acrylic and a 3D printed grid to create an evenly diffused LED effect. Electronics are housed in an elegant looking snap fit case with a built-in on-off switch. LED animations are easily customizable with CircuitPython. Build a square pixel display in this guide from Noah and Pedro. The current number of CircuitPython libraries is 266. This includes both the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries and the CircuitPython community libraries. There were no new libraries this week, but there were a number of updated libraries. As always, visit circuitpython.org libraries to download the latest Adafruit CircuitPython bundle. Included in this week's updates from the CircuitPython team. While Dan was finishing up hci underscore bleio work for a pull request, he found that if he turned off the debug logging he created to help monitor the hci commands and responses, it stopped working. He's currently debugging this. Needless to say, bugs that go away when you add print statements to help diagnose them are harder to find. He's now sending debug information directly to pins and monitoring them with a salier. He's making progress and hopes to submit a PR soon. Jeff started researching Canbus. We'd like to implement it in CircuitPython for the SAM e 5 x series microcontrollers. So far, he's very much in learning mode, with a small network of STM32F405 feathers sending and receiving packets using code in MicroPython, which already supports CAN bus on the STM32 family of chips. The smaller boards in the foreground are CAN bus receivers, which translate from logic levels to special voltages and back. CAN bus is an interesting protocol, and the way it can reconstruct the digital signal, top two traces, with the two analog signals, bottom two traces, is pretty fascinating. CAN bus incorporates error detection features absent from simpler protocols like I2C. The Saleae Logic Analyzer is pretty handy because it provides its own decoder for the CAN protocol. Do you have an application for Canbus? Know of hobbyist-level hardware that works with it? We'd love to hear about it. Drop us a note on Discord or Twitter. Melissa started converting some of our shell scripts to Python scripts. She got the first two done, but she has come to the conclusion that she needs to make a library with shell-like functions to make it so she doesn't repeat so much code as she goes along. This will also speed up the conversion process as she's able to reuse a lot of the functions. She also worked with me to write an e-ink bonnet guide. She worked on the usage page and described how to use the e-ink bonnet on the Raspberry Pi by going over a few examples, including how to force dithering for grayscale images. While she was at it, she added grayscale image mode support to the EPD library. Melissa also worked on updating the sharp memory display guide that Jeff had started. She mostly did a little light editing and verified everything was working as intended. She also added a section on the steps needed to set up the bad Apple demo that you see on the product page. You can check out both guides in the Adafruit Learn system. Pycon AU is holding Pyconline AU September 4th through 6, 2020. Check out 2020.pycon.org.au for more information. PyGotham is a New York City-based eclectic pi-centric conference covering many topics. PyGotham TV is taking place October 2nd and 3rd, 2020 with a single track of talks presented online. Visit 2020.pygotham.tv for more information. PyCon India 2020 will be held online from October 3rd through 5th, 2020. Visit in.pycon.org 2020 for details regarding the conference. The Hackaday Remoticon will take place everywhere November 6th through 8th, 2020. It's a weekend packed with workshops about hardware creation held virtually for all to enjoy. Call for proposals is now open. Details available on hackaday.com. Translating CircuitPython is now easier than ever. Translations make the project more accessible to a broader range of folks. Adding or improving translations is a great way to get started contributing to the project. With the help of fellow open-source project, Weblate, we're making it even easier. You can create a new account just for Weblate, or sign in using other sites like GitHub or Google. If you write another language, visit adafru.it slash translatecp, sign in, and start translating. Looking for more Python on hardware all week? Join the Adafruit community on Discord and check out the help with CircuitPython and CircuitPython channels. We're over 24,000 strong and continuing to grow. You'll find a supportive, positive community filled with like-minded folks. Join at adafru.it slash discord. And that is your Python on hardware news for this week. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to the newsletter or tune in again next week.